This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. I want to encourage you today with a word. We're going to continue in our wake series. Uh, and so the title of my message today is called Awake My Soul. Uh, and I'm not going to be singing any of the songs you're thinking about or, or doing that, but we're going to have a time of, uh, of growth today. Uh, I don't know why you came to church today. don't know why you're here, uh, but I believe you came here because you want to grow in your faith. Uh, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to meet him today. There's a bunch of uh, passionate people about Jesus and we're going to grow together. This is like, you know, if we all got a little torch, we all got a little light, right? When we come together at church, this should be the bonfire, right? Everybody's got a flaming light. Everybody's the light. Like, we are the light of the world, right? So if you're a light and you come together here, it should be like a really bright light. Uh, so we come here to stir each other up, to, 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 to worship together, and to, and to grow, to hear the word. And so we're going to ask Holy Spirit to help us in that. And I'm really excited you're here. So open up your Bibles if you have them to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, I want to read a portion of scripture to you here and then we'll pray. Uh, the Apostle Paul had a lot to say when it talked about what it means to be someone following Jesus who is awake and fully alive. And so we're going to jump into that today. It's uh, in chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 says this. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Say entirely. entirely. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete. I love this in the message as well. So in the message translation, uh, it says it like this. It says, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, that we can join together as a body of believers uh, and worship you. God, we recognize it's not about us. This is about you. We come together to, to worship you. So Lord, today, may your word uh, go out amongst us and may God it, it bring truth into our lives. Your word is truth. It's a, it's a man named Jesus Christ. It's alive. It's living. And so today, Lord, would your word do its work? Would it do its work in our lives that we would leave out of here transformed not conform to the world, transform today by your word, by the renewing of our mind, Father. That's our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Paul had a lot to say about what it means to be wakened to God. We've been talking about wake since Easter, this idea that we've got to be a people who are alive to the things of God. And, and Paul talked about this in a really neat way. 
Last week, uh, me and Tara took our kids, a family, we traveled to Pittsburgh. Tara preached at Covenant Church of Pittsburgh last week. She, she, I don't know why we say she tore the house down because the house is still standing, but I mean, it's changed, right? I mean, she did such a great job uh, communicating there. Saturday night, we get, get, in, get into Pittsburgh, and so we check into the hotel. They have, uh, I don't know if you traveled lately, but um, there's a little travel boom happening right now. Uh, around different parts of the country. And so I don't know if it was AU sports or what it was happening, but the hotel we're staying at is full, completely full, packed. So we check into the, to the room. Uh, we open the door and I, we were greeted by um, this smell that we didn't anticipate. Okay? <laughs> the little uh, sign on the door had a little non-smoking sign on it. But when we opened up the door, uh, it, it, it wasn't like somebody smoked in it last week. Like, I think the cleaning people smoked in it, like, as they are cleaning the place. I mean, it was like, it, it kind of just shuts you down, like, immediately. So we were like, oh, my goodness. So, so immediately, just walk in, call down the front desk, and I was like, hey, listen, you know, we're in a non-smoking room. I don't know if there are such things as smoking rooms anymore, but, you know, um, somebody, like, this is bad. She really apologized, but she said, listen, I'm really sorry. Like, I don't have anywhere to come put you. Like, we have to do this. She said, so we'll send somebody up to, to clean the room. So get off the phone, and uh, the kids are starting to unpack, and they start uh, complaining. I know you can't imagine this, but uh, uh, so, so particularly my boys in a teenager and a preteen, they just start complaining, complaining about how the room smells and how bad it is. And, you know, they act like they are, they are dying, that if they stay in the room, and I, you know, trying to explain to them, I mean, listen, like, there used to be, like, smoking rooms and non-smoking sections at smoking sections at restaurants. So you know what I mean? Like this is, this is not that big of a deal, guys. It'll be okay. We'll, they'll, they'll come help us. But they're just complaining and complaining. And so our seven-year-old girl looks up to her boys, to her brothers, and she says this. She says, boys, she said, if it wasn't for mom and dad, we wouldn't even be on this vacation. Vacation, right? Uh, she said, this room is a blessing. Seriously, you know, one of those moments where you're like, what got into her? Like maybe, <laughs> you know, we need to work on her tone a little bit. We need to work on the way she addresses her brothers. But, but you, you have these moments where you're like, okay, she's picking up on something. You know, we've been laying down. So I'm, maybe some of them are getting something, you know? Uh, and so they came up, they fixed the room, you know, they, they cleaned as best they could and, and, and it was okay. But, you know, it reminded me as I was studying this week of how, of how easily we are influenced by, by outside things in our lives and how they can so easily impact our, our perspective, how they can so easily take something that is just a happy, I mean, guys, it was a one night stay in a, in a hotel it was vacation to the kids. I mean, it was like, this is a big deal. How I can take vacation and immediately turn it into something that like, I think we're all going to die. <laughs> but we, we do the same thing. Like we do the same thing because we allow outside influences to, to totally change the way we see life. To totally change the way we interact with one another. To totally change the way that we go about our daily business. Because we're influenced by the, the, the wrong things. The negative things. So when Paul talks about... Uh, when Paul makes this statement at the end of 1 Thessalonians. He's encouraging them. He's wrapping it up. This is his concluding paragraph in his letter to them. And he says, may the God of peace sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete. 
Paul was speaking to the, to the whole man. You know, it was also Paul who said, you know, I don't know why I do the things I'm not supposed to do. I, 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 I'm stuck in this place if I do what I'm not supposed to do, and I don't know, and I don't know why. Have you ever felt like that? You ever felt like, you know, why, why am I doing the things that I know I'm not supposed to do? Why can't I do what I know is right? You see, actually, this is the entire tension that we live in as followers of Jesus. You recognize this. This is the entire tension. And so I want to point that out to you today because I believe there's a, there's a knowledge level that has to increase amongst the house of God. Oh, you didn't know you came to church today. Get smarter. You didn't know you tuned in to an online school today, did you? No, we're actually, our knowledge needs to increase, church. Our knowledge needs to increase. Uh, the Old Testament, Amos said that, that we perish for lack of knowledge. That we, our, our actually understanding of Christianity, our theology, it needs to increase. It does today. So we're going to go back to school a little bit, and we're going to learn something today that we can take as knowledge and apply it for it to be understanding. You know, in Genesis 1, God said he made man in his own image, the image of God he created him. We were made in the image of God. God is a triune being. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three, three in one. I believe in the same way that, that we are also three in one. That our beings, who we are as humanity, is made up really of, of three things. And Paul says it like this. He says, spirit, soul, and body. We're spirit, soul, and body. This is who we are. And spirit, soul, and body, uh, although very different, they are all very, 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 very real. So you ready to go back to school? All right. So we'll see if this thing works today. So we are three parts. We are spirit. We are soul. And we are body, right? Three in one. This is, this is who we are. We're spirit, soul, and body. We have three parts, and they make up each. All of us have, have these. We have our spirit that has become fully alive to God. We have our soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, our personality. That's our soul. And then we have our physical body in the physical realm. So I, I broke it out a little more plain than this, these three. Here's what it looks like. This is our spirit. Are you with me? That looks like spirit man. Why? Because he's full of water. Right? So here is our spirit being that is filled with Holy Spirit. So when we get saved, we get Holy Spirit. Did you know that? When you get saved, you get Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes and he lives in you. We get the Holy Spirit. But there's an infilling that we need not one time. Not a one-time baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need a daily filling of the Holy Spirit. In our spirit. So scripture talks about this. This is our spirit becoming uh, uh, alive. There's a, a scripture in James that says this. For just as the body without the spirit is dead. So also faith without works is dead. He's saying that, that our bodies, who we are, if our spirit is not alive to Christ, then we're actually, we're dead. That's what he's saying. So here's our spirit. This is our spirit realm. This is the supernatural. So this is what, what realm? It's the supernatural, right? This is the supernatural. We have the supernatural in us. That's the spirit. That's the spirit part of who we are. That's the supernatural. Then we have what? We have the, the soul or we have the mind, all right? We did just the picture of the head here. Why? Because, because 
the, the, the soul, the mind, this is, this is our, our mind, our will, our emotionals, our emotions. It's our emotional being. So if, if our spirit is the supernatural, our soul, our mind, this is our emotional being. This is who we are, and it's just as real as our body, it's just as real as our spirit, but it's our, it's our emotions. How many of you know, if I poke you with a pin, you're going to feel it in the natural body? How many know if I say some words to you, I could probably make you cry? No, not me. I mean, somebody else. You know, somebody else could say things to you that would make you cry, right? Our, our emotional being, our soul, is just as real as our physical body. It makes up uh, every, uh, we all have it. And it feels, that's what it does, it feels. But this is our, our emotional being. So we are, we are spirit, we're soul, and then we're, we're body, right? This is just our physical body, right? So here's our body. Now this is our, our physical world. This is the physical realm that we live in. So if we're talking about physical realm, these are the things that happen to us on a regular basis. These are the things that we see, feel, touch, taste, hear. With our, with our senses. This is the physical, natural realm. So this is what Paul's talking about. These three parts of our body, this is who we are. And so he talks about them, but he says that they need to be all of them. He says, in body, mind, and spirit. The message says, making holy whole. All things holy and whole. So if we're to be whole and holy, we've got to be fully alive, not just in spirit, but in spirit, in soul, and in body. Are you with me? So here, here's what Oasis City Church is called to do. You ever hear us talk about revival? We talk about revival. Why is revival important? You know, revival is like this, it's this awakening, right? It's this, it's this man, a church is dead and God sent revival and we woke up, revival, you know? We write it out like this where it's revive all. This is what we're called to do, revive all. What does that mean? It means all people. Who, who are all people? Wait a minute, that's everybody. That's actually Everybody. So Oasis City Church is a place for everybody, all people, everyone we know. So that's every nation, that's every tribe, that's every tongue. That's everybody. That's every generation, that's every culture, that's every language, that's everybody. That's no exclusions. So there's a place for all people, everyone we know, to become fully alive, revived. Like the vive part of that word. If you study languages, now I haven't much, but I mean, vive is like in every language means life, like vive, like it's, it's life. It, it, that, that's the root part of the word. It means life. So to revive means to come back to life. So that's what we're called to do. We're called to bring all people back to life, reconciling people back to God, connecting people back to God. That's what Oasis City Church is called to do. That's what we do. Revive all, all people fully alive. But we're not fully alive if our spirit is the only one that's awake. So, so here's what we have. We, we, we are spirit, and we know about spirit. That's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about your spirit becoming alive. We've been talking, wake up to Jesus. That's what happens when we are saved. When we're saved, our spirit becomes alive. And that's what, what's important. But, but here's sometimes what we fall into. Remember, the spirit is, your, is the supernatural part of your life, right? Sometimes we think... That the spirit of God is confined to this little church. Think about it. We come to church because why? Because the presence of God is here. 
It's, it's presence. We love the presence, right? We love presence. We love the presence of God. The presence of God is here in, in the house. So what happens when we come together and we worship and we, and we feel something with our bodies and our emotions? What happens? We're getting in touch with the spirit, right? I thought y'all were Pentecostal. Wait a minute. I didn't get it. I thought, I thought some of you had the Holy Ghost for a, for a minute, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, like, that's what Pentecostals do, right, is they feel God. I mean, we, we feel him. And so it's why we get excited. It's why we dance. It's why we clap. It's why we shout. Because we get excited about God. So we feel his presence. So what happens when we come into church and the presence of God is here is our spirit What becomes what? Alive. So how are we filled with the spirit? Well, when we're, when we're basking in his presence, why? We're just soaking in his presence. We're filling our spirit. And we're, we're, we're sensing this alive part. Uh, I talk to people all the time. They can't wait to get to church. Why? Well, they want to see you. That's part of it. And they're like, I can't wait to get in the presence of God. I can't wait for worship. Why? Because they want to get in the presence of God. But the thing is, is that the presence of God is not confined to this building. So, so what we can do is we can think that it's here and we can rely on this presence filling. But then when we go throughout the week without our spirit being filled, refilled with the Holy Spirit, we start to run on empty. And we can't wait to get back to church, right? But that's not being fully alive like we're supposed to be, right? So, so, so this is it. We, we find this spirit. We, this, is, this is where we, we love, but it's not, the presence of God isn't confined to the house of God. It lives inside of us. And so that's what the spirit the Spirit looks like. It's this presence of God. It hosts the presence. It's where the Holy Spirit dwells. It's where the Holy Spirit lives. And this is the part that is alive. But Galatians uh, chapter 5 paints a picture that I think we all have felt before, but it makes it really plain. And I'm just going to read it to you. You might have to turn there yourself. Galatians 5, 16. It says this, but I say walk by the Spirit. We've heard that before. We've heard, Paul says this a few times. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So that's good. Walk by the Spirit so you don't carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets the, its desires against the Spirit. Whoa, 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 whoa. The flesh. Now, what part is the flesh? That's our body. That's our flesh. Our flesh sets its desire against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. So this is a two-way battle. For these are in opposition to one another. This is what Paul says. These are in opposition to one another. So what does that mean? Let's go back to, let's go back to our three-body picture. We have our body, which is also flesh, right? So if this is flesh, this spirit is our spirit. It says that these two, the body, the spirit, are in opposition to one another. So if we're made up of thirds and one third and one third is constantly fighting, do you wonder that maybe now you understand why you feel at times that your life is in conflict. Does it make sense now that maybe why in the world am I feeling this tension that I'm in? Maybe because it's actually like that's the life you chose to live whenever you 
became a follower of Jesus. Wait a minute, that the flesh is, is, is in battle with the spirit, that these things are in direct conflict. But here's what I noticed is that in between these two, the way they're written is the soul. So if our flesh and our body are in opposition to one another, what is the soul? What's the role of the soul? So we're going to talk about this for a minute. The body and the spirit are in opposition. And so for us to walk by the spirit, as Paul encourages so many times, how do we walk by the spirit? How do we do this? How do we figure it out? How do we, how do we become fully alive people who our spirit's alive in Christ? Our soul is awake and it's alive and our body is walking out what God has called us to do. How do we do that? I believe it has something to do with this soul. That in order for us to be fully alive, we can't be fully alive in Christ if our soul is asleep. We can't be fully alive in Christ if our soul is, is being influenced by our flesh. You see, I want to propose to you today that our soul, this thing that's in the middle, which is, this is our mind, this is our will, this is our emotions. Right here. Our soul is the tipping point. Wow. Have you heard it said that, you know, you're led by your emotions? Wait, I think Pastor Terry encourages some worship. That that is easy when we come in and sing songs about us because we're us focused, but we need to be focused on him, yes. right? Yes. That, that we have to do that. And, and that's what Tara said. Our emotions get in the way, but I've discovered that our emotions aren't wrong. That's been a little personal journey for me because I, I kind of grew up with this idea that I thought they were. I don't think I was ever taught that, but just life kind of influenced me in that way, that, if, that, that, that emotions are wrong. But I'm telling you, we have to be able to embrace our soul. We have to embrace our emotions. We have to be able to recognize that God gave us these for a reason. So it's why Restore Ministries exist at Oasis City Church, because we have to have healthy emotional life in order to be fully alive. If we are fully alive in church, but our emotional capacity can't handle anything, we're not fully alive. How are we representing Christ when, when one thing sets us off? When our emotional capacity to handle everything is so low that anything anyone says just sets us off. How, are we fully alive? No. So we've got to be healthy emotionally, our soul. But what I've learned is, is what I believe is, is that soul is actually the tipping point. If, if your physical body and the flesh is warring with the spirit, your spirit, if you're saved, your spirit can't get more saved. Hear me on this. Like you, you think, well, they're, they're just barely saved. They're just newly saved. Listen, the barely saved is just as saved in spirit as you are. The working it out is how saved is your soul and how saved is your flesh. That's the tension that we live in. But if we're ignorant, what will happen is we'll show up in church on Sunday and we'll tap into the spirit and we will worship and we'll celebrate and we'll hug people and we'll laugh and we'll smile and we'll put on a face and then we'll leave here and forget all about our spirit the whole week. It's what we can do. Fully alive Christians in spirit only. Our spirit where God lives, but it's got to manifest in the rest of our life. It has to break out of our spirit. But how does it do that? It does it through the soul, through the mind. So, so the picture that we're looking at here is, is the mind. And I want to read, read you something here. In, in Romans chapter 8, the whole, the whole chapter is good. I mean, Romans chapter 8 starts and it says, therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I mean, that's, 
just take that home with you, and, you, and, and it'll be a good day, all right? But uh, Romans 8, uh, verse 5, it says, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So if we're according to the flesh, our mind sets according to the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So they set their what? Their mind. The mind's the tipping point. We're saying, awake my soul. Why? Because it's the tipping point of our walk with God. But those are according to the spirit. For the mind, verse 6, set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So the spirit, when the spirit, it's life and peace. So when our mind, the tipping point, when our mind, look at it this way. When our mind, our soul, the thing that's here in the middle, the tipping point, when it is set on the spirit, what does it get? It draws out life. It draws out peace. So all of a sudden in our soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, all of a sudden our emotions become full of joy, of peace, of life. It's why the fruit of the spirit is what? All of the things, all that I love, joy, peace, patience, I'm going to totally forget them because I didn't write them down, right? Uh, the fruit of the Spirit, all of these things, why, when they're full of the Spirit, where we're tapping into the Spirit, it manifests in our mind because we're setting our mind in it, then all of a sudden it influences the way that our bodies and our flesh walk it out. Are you with me? So when it tips over our mind into the Spirit, we get out life, we get out peace. But what happens when our mind, our soul, our emotions tip over into the, what Paul calls the flesh? What happens? He says it's, it's death. Our, 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 our soul, it, it's death. The fruit of it is death. Have you ever had days where you felt dead? I'm talking about feeling. I'm talking about your emotions. I'm talking about things. So what happened? What happened when we had those days where we felt just didn't feel life? What happened? Our emotions are, were influenced by the flesh, by the things in the physical world, instead of the things that are in the spirit. Now, you might say, yeah, but do you know what's happened in the physical world? This week, this year, it's been tough. It's been hard. This week, again, racial injustice, things happening that trigger hurt and pain and loss and grief again. And we have to empathize with those who are grieving, with those who are hurting. That's, that's what the churches should do. What's our response to do right now to people that are hurting is to hurt with them. It's to empathize. It's to grieve. It's what we, we call to do. It's what we have to do. And so we're in a season right now, we're in a time and a space that a lot of people are hurting. There are a lot of things happening that are difficult, that are hard. The question is, is how have you felt this week? Can I be real? Can I talk to you for a minute? It's been hard. It's been hard. You have some people trying to solve a problem, trying to identify who's right, who's wrong. You have other people that, that are just hurting. And they're hurting here, but everything, it seems like they're hurting through everything. The filter is just hurt and pain and grief. It's been very challenging as a pastor to lead people from different places when people don't want to recognize what's really happening often. It's been challenging. The question is, though, is, is 
how have you felt? Because we take a moment and we recognize the pain and we recognize the, uh, the suffering, we recognize the injustice, but, but how do you go from there? In Thessalonians, just earlier, Paul says this in chapter 5. I read verse 23, but in verse 16, he says, rejoice always. How many of you know rejoice? That's joy. That's an emotion. So Paul's speaking to the souls of people. He's speaking to their mind. He's speaking to their emotions. He's speaking to this. And he's saying, he's saying, rejoice when things are going good. Be happy when things are being good. But he's also saying, be happy, rejoice when things are going bad. Because that's what always means. It means good and bad. Are you with me? So was Paul ignorantly here talking about, listen, I'm the apostle Paul. I'm called to preach. This is what I do. I'm writing two-thirds of the New Testament. So I'm going to be the one that says, rejoice always and you should be like me. You know what history tells us? History tells us that on his first trip to Thessalonians that Paul had to get out of town overnight quickly. You know why? Because they were trying to kill him. But when he said rejoice always, he was actually talking about the night he escaped outside of a city in a basket for his life. He was talking about rejoicing and being joyful then too. Man, that's tough. Because, you know, you, you think, well, because he's in the Bible, he can say that. But we're, really, we're living in real life here with real problems. Yeah, they killed all these authors. Except John in the New Testament, right? Like, they all gave their life for the gospel. And in ways that if we told the story would be rated mature. Like, like cartel deaths. Wait a minute. And this guy said rejoice always. This guy said your emotions can be in a place of joy all the time. How is that? Paul is saying, if you're looking at your soul and your mind, your emotions, recognize what's happening. But that always has to tip back to the spirit to be joyful. Because the fruit of the spirit is joy. So the joy doesn't come from the flesh and the physical realm side. And you can still be happy no matter what's going on. You can still be full of joy no matter what's going on. Why? Because you've tapped into the things of the spirit. Not at church. Spirit living inside of you. But this is hard word. Like be joyful always. Rejoice always. We can really actually do that. I believe church. That if. If the world is supposed to be saved, how many believe the world's going to be saved? How many believe like revival's going to come, we're going to see the earth saved, we're going to see the world saved? Like if we don't, maybe recheck your beliefs, all right? That's what we're all believing for. That's why we're all here. Like the world is going to be saved. What does it take for the world to be saved? It takes people who are fully alive. What is more contrary to the world than people who are in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of grief, in the midst of the most difficult season of their life, being full of the Holy Spirit. It's radical. It's radical way of living to say, I, my emotions, 
I'm not discounting what's happening. I'm feeling grief. I'm feeling pain. But you know what? At the same time, I can walk in the fullness of God. And that means I get joy. That means I get peace. That means that no matter what's happening around me, I'm going to walk in peace. That there is no battle, that there is no fight, that there's nobody that can steal my joy because my joy doesn't come from the world. It comes from the inside of me where the Holy Spirit dwells and lives. This is who God has called us to be, but I want you to think about it. This is where we see revival. This is where the world really gets saved is when the church really wakes up all the way. Not just in our spirit being, but in our spirit and our soul all of a sudden is influenced by the Holy Spirit. And then our soul being influenced, it is influencing our flesh and our bodies. And we're walking it out every single day. This is who God's called us to be. But today, we can't get there. We will perish if we don't have a, an understanding, if we don't have a, a, a greater sense of knowledge. So today's like 101. Let's increase our knowledge day. Let's get smarter. Let's recognize that, that the soul, that our mind is the tipping point of our relationship with God. And as the soul and the mind goes, there the body goes, there everything else goes. But where is it being influenced from? Who's influencing our mind? Paul said, the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. Do you recognize that? What is your mindset on the flesh? It's the mindset on the physical world. Hear me. Are, you, are your emotions this week, are your emotions today dictated by the things that are happening in the physical world? I'm not saying ignore them. I'm saying, is your life being dictated by the things that are happening around you? If so, Paul said, it's hostile towards the things of God. It's actually fighting what God wants to do in your life. And you wonder why you've been in turmoil. You wonder why you can't find a place of peace. You wonder why you can't say this because our mind has been set upon the things of the world. But Paul says, when we set on our mind on the things of God, it actually fights our flesh for us. So it works the other way around. So where your flesh and your spirit is, 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 is fighting one another. When we set our mind on the spirit, it fights our flesh for us. Do you hear me? So that we can pursue God, we can live a full life. It's really death living according to the flesh or it's life and peace according to the spirit. And which one's influencing our souls and our minds and our emotions today? Which one? You see, our soul has to be educated to the reality of our spirit. Our souls, our mind, our will, our emotions have to be educated. Actually have to gain knowledge to who the spirit is living inside of us. Do you realize that? Because if the same spirit who lives in us that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he lives in us. That same spirit, right? So why aren't we all changing the world? Because our mind has not been educated to the reality of our spirit. We don't think that we walk in the power and the authority that is in our spirit. Why? Because our mind has believed a lie from the enemy. Our mind has believed a lie that we don't walk in this fullness of power. That we can't really walk in the spirit like this. Our mind has been influenced by by our flesh and by the world. Paul, Paul encourages us time and time and time again. In Ephesians chapter 4, it's this powerful portion of Scripture. He says, I say, affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer as the Gentiles walk. So he's, he's referencing the Gentiles here as the people who don't know Jesus. 
He's saying these people don't know Jesus. And if you're followers of Jesus, don't walk like them. Don't let your life look like them. Your life shouldn't be just like the, the people who don't know Jesus. But he says this. He says, just as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Listen to this. So the world walks out their life according to the futility in their mind. Think about this. Their, their spirit, if you don't know Jesus, what happens? The spirit is dead. It's what Paul said earlier. The spirit's dead. It's, it's alive. So all, if you're in the world, all you have is you have your body and you have your mind. Your spirit is dead. So what do you do? You walk according to your mind. And that's what the world does. The world walks according to the power of their mind without any a, a, a way to tap into the spirit. And Paul said it's the futility in their mind. And church, hear me on this. We can't fall into the trap that the enemy will lay that we just need to figure this thing out. That we just need to get our heads together and figure this thing out because we are walking according to the flesh. We're walking according to the Gentiles, the futility of their mind, he says. And then he says, goes on to describe it like this. He says, being darkened in their understanding. The world's understanding is darkened. They, They can't understand. Excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the hardness of their heart. Hear me, church. We can't allow our heart to be hardened because we go by the way of the world. Our mind becomes dark. We lose understanding. And this is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to lay a trap for us. And he wants to say, well, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. And all of a sudden, he's feeding our mind. He's feeding our emotions. I I like to stay up to date on what's going on. I I read the news. And I have a carefully selected news sources that I read to. But I can't even open those up without every moment seeing the stories that they're pulling out. And some of the stuff that they're pulling out, guys, has been happening every day, every week, every month for eternity. It's just now they're making things, some things national news. I'm not here to put anything down or less anything. Hear me. But I'm here to say that the, the, the principalities of this world, the principalities of the air, have some authority in the airwaves where the media is at. So the media is influenced by this. I'm not here. here. I'm not chasing something. Don't read more into this. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Hear me in this. But I'm here to say that the media is influencing us by the power of this world. And when we get so consumed by it, consumed our heads in this thing, all of a sudden we're thinking just like the world. And I see people walking around confused, broken. They have no sense of clarity. They're double-minded. They don't know what it is. And it's because you're constantly feeding yourself by the flesh. I know this is plain, but, but we got to get this one-on-one stuff. We got to understand that, that our soul, our mind, our emotions is the tipping point to which way our life goes. Is it going to be influenced by the spirit? Is it going to be influenced by the flesh? Paul talks about it. He says in verse 20 in Ephesians 4, you did not learn Christ in this way. Wait a minute. We have to learn Christ? I said we were going to school today. Why? Because we got to learn. This is the knowledge part. This is the understanding part. You didn't, he's telling, he's telling the Ephesians, I didn't teach you guys this stuff. Where did you get this thinking from? I didn't teach you that. You didn't learn Christ this way. And so he's saying, you got to unlearn what you have recently taught yourself. And church, we have to recognize that we need to unlearn some things in our life. They didn't come from God. It came from our own mind. 
He said, you didn't learn this way, but he goes on in verse 23. You got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Your mind's got to be washed. It's got to be renewed. And then he says this even in verse 25, chapter four, therefore lay aside falsehood. Lay aside falsehood. Why? Because falsehood is coming into agreement with the enemy. If it's not true, if it's false, it didn't come from God, it came from the enemy. So lay it aside. We can't dwell on this because it, it will influence who we become. He describes them, the, the, the people who don't know Jesus with a futile mind, their understanding darkened, a hardened heart. Next week, we're going to get into some more practical things that I like to talk about where we can say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to change the world. A little inspiration, some encouragement, maybe make you laugh a couple times. Today, it kind of felt like we had to go back to school. Church, that we can't, we can't allow our mind that has been influenced by the world to lead us in this season. If we're going to see revival, if revival, if all people are going to become fully alive, it's got to be people led by the Spirit. We've got to be led by the Spirit. Our, our mind has got to be soaked. Our emotions have to be soaked in the presence. And it can't be just a Sunday morning thing. It's got to be a tap into it Monday morning. We sing this song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We sing it in church because we think we want Holy Spirit welcome here, but just put your hands right here. Our heart's going to represent our spirit right now. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Right here. Fill us up. Fill us up. Fill us up. That we be full of your spirit. And over our minds, God, that our minds might be renewed And like that seesaw, we would tip into the fullness of the Spirit right now. Our minds tipped in the fullness of the Spirit. Our minds tipped into the fullness of the Spirit. It's almost like our our mind, our brain, our emotions. It really is a valve that controls how we walk and how we live. And is it going to be fed by the unending rivers of living water that come from Holy Spirit? Or is it going to be fed by our flesh? Is it going to be fed by the things of this world? Sin was our problem before we were saved. Our mind's our problem once we get saved. sins behind us we're focusing on God but our mind gets stuck sometimes we've all been there and I know there's some of us here today that our mind's gotten stuck our emotions have gotten stuck we've been influenced by this physical realm we've been influenced by the world and our mind is leading us in a path where we're walking like people that don't know Jesus not tapping into the spirit. And if that's you today, I know that God wants to, he wants to just restore us. It's this beautiful word because it's like God 
God's most pleasurable thing is fixing broken things. It's restoring broken people. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and he comes and he makes all things new. It's what he does.